All right, dog. Count us in whenever you're ready. All right. Three, two, one. The Cow Park Bros Podcast is a podcast about the words. You know that Terrence is going to use several swear words, and Jason is going to use some words that we haven't heard of in a long time, but makes it work. So, let's get back to the podcast about the words. The Cow Park Bros. Word! Cal Park Bros podcast. I am your host, Terrence. With me, my co-host, Jason. Hails from Indianapolis. Jason, my good man, how are you today? Uh, a few troubles, you know, installing some equipment at the house, but other than that, it's been a good Tuesday, so no complaints. You said equipment troubles? Uh, yes, and to clarify, installing installing equipment, not other equipment, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I just wanted to just be clear, man. I'm just like, hey, man, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Well, as long as you're all right, you're all right. I'm good. So, um, again, thank you, listeners, uh, for tuning in. This is episode six of Cal Park Bros. Um, we can be found pretty much wherever you find podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Um your local grocers, freezer, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, you name it. So again, thank you for listening. Um, uh, numbers are still looking good. Um, we're ready to bring you another action pack episode. A lot's happened since the last week. Um, and Jason and I are doing our best to, uh, we'll start for the start for starters, inform ourselves. I mean, hell, we can't we can't possibly tell you anything until we figure it out our damn selves. So uh, if nothing else, this uh, podcast experience has been an exercise in, oh, damn, I need to actually look into that and make sure we at least have a foundation of understanding before we start running our mouth. Wouldn't you agree with that, Jason? Well, yes, I do agree with that. And I would say that doing this podcast for the last month and a half now definitely has taught me a lot of things when it comes to just looking into things, researching stuff like that, and not just running my mouth as I tend to do sometimes, as most people who know me 
would probably agree with that sentiment. So uh, definitely evolving here personally, as well as having fun with this somewhat semi-professional venture. So, yeah. I like how you worded that semi-professional. It's like, yeah, we want to get better at it, but let's not go too crazy. Well, you know, I, I kind of feel like the, saying professional might have been a little bit of a stretch and really maybe say, saying semi-professional might still be a stretch, but it sounds good. It's not a stretch Armstrong stretch, though, so we'll allow it here on Cal Park Bros. Okay, so this week we wanted to talk about Joe Rogan doing his best version of Joe Rogan. And I don't know if you know this about Joe, about us, Joe Rogan, but we stay woke here at Cal Park Bros. I'm wide awake. So, uh, it, in another in another episode of Joe Rogan says something outlandish, um, and to try and see how many people he can piss off that week, uh, Joe Rogan made a comment about, um, effectively saying that he felt that straight white men were being silenced by woke culture. Um, I'm quoting. The uh, NBC News article here says 53-year-old former television personality ranted that straight white men would eventually no longer be allowed to go outside. Um, In an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience last week, Jason, the host spoke to stand-up comedian Joe List about evolving boundaries of what makes for acceptable comedy. And Rogan is quoted as saying, can you make a good comedy movie anymore? Or have they made it so dangerous in terms of being canceled that comedy movies are no longer something you can do? Rogan asked. He continues, you can never be woke enough. That's the problem. He said on the podcast, it keeps going further and further and further down the line. And you get to the point where you capitulate, where you agree to all these demands. It'll eventually get to straight white men not being allowed to talk. And then as... uh, Joe List is beginning to, you know, laugh at the absurdity of that. Rogan continues, I'm not joking. It really will get there. It's that crazy. So what, Jason, what are your thoughts on Joe Rogan effectively being concerned that straight white men won't be allowed to actually uh, say whatever the hell they want to say without repercussions because of woke culture? Well, first of all, I'm glad you brought up the fact that what the conversation was actually talking about when it comes to these statements, because, of course, the statements alone may be pretty, pretty damning, we'll say, for Rogan, when, you know, taking out of context. Now, I went further a little bit, and I did listen to that kind of the part, a good portion of that segment to kind of hear where it was going. And pretty much what you described is pretty accurate as well as that NBC, uh, NBC News article. So again, I encourage anyone to listen to that, to a good portion of that segment or the entire show, whatever, what have you, to, so you yourself can get the whole content of what he was talking about. Now, even further, I, from one article I read, I believe specifically, and there may have been more than one, they brought, brought up a movie, which I believe was super, like super bad, you know, the movie starring uh, Seth Rogen back in the day. Um, and the other guy, I can't remember, he, he was in um, the, the same show, Arrested Development with, uh, 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 he was in that show. But even when it comes to that general subject area, the boundaries of comedy and what's, what can still make a good comedy, 
just keeping a reference super bad, I don't recall anything in super bad going over the line or or anything happening in that movie that would, you know, cause anybody to have to not go outside or, you know, stay quiet, anything like that. So if, again, it may have been using more than just that one movie, but if 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 he, if he feels like that movie would be too far in today's woke, woke culture, then I don't know what he's talking about. So with that being said, I don't believe there's anything far as boundary wise that, you know, could be hurt, that could hurt a good comedy movie or anything at all. So, I mean, because let's be honest here. We have comedians like Dave Chappelle, right, who and I even talk about his actual show. But even just talking about his recent stand-up comedy specials, and I'm sure some of the things he he said in those specials, technically could get him in trouble for crossing the line. Now, obviously, Dave is, is a black male, not a white male, but even black people can be getting canceled now too. It's not just exclusive exclusive to white people. You know what I mean? So, but taking Dave Chappelle out of it regularly when it comes to Rogan or any other white male who feels like they can't say anything because of, you know, woke culture or cancel culture, or whatever like that. If you feel like that something you are going to say may get you canceled, that has nothing to do with cancel culture. Because, I mean, I, I don't know when cancel culture supposedly happened or woke culture supposedly happened, but I can't imagine they happened just started in 2021. Or 2020, or nothing like that. So, so anything will get you, that will get you canceled now will probably still put you in hot water even 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, maybe even 20, you know. So the whole notion that you can't say anything comedic without getting yourself in trouble, I, I think is sheer lunacy. What gets people in trouble is when they say say stuff that goes overboard even when it's not trying to be funny because I think people for the most part can be pretty forgiving knowing when things are said, you know, in jest when they're trying to be funny. Most people can laugh at themselves. That's not a, not a problem. It's when people start saying things like, and being serious about it, trying to make bold statements or bold comparisons going, going overboard like there was some political person or at least someone who was running for political office was making comparisons to wearing masks to the Jewish Holocaust. Right. So and that individual. Wasn't trying to be comedic. They might have been true with their opinions in terms of what they thought, but that type of stuff will get, will get you canceled. Staying silly stuff like that, that makes no sense whatsoever. So woke culture shouldn't have any effect on what you can do in comedy, you know, and obviously other than being straight racist, of course, or discriminatory, obviously stuff like that, you know, um, but but even that, I don't know. So I, I don't know. I kind of feel like people can get away with that stuff depending on who you are, you know. I feel, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's hilarious that Joe Rogan even says that shit. And listen, Joe Rogan knows that this is just good like red meat for you know a certain chunk of his following anyway because you know it's just a good opportunity for him to kind of get get some jokes off um 
you know, talking about woke culture when he literally inked this fucking $100 million Spotify deal. He can pretty much say whatever the fuck he wants to say. Like, you know, barring him, like, saying something or doing something incredibly heinous to the point that Spotify feels like, okay, we got to back out of the deal because you're making us look bad. Like, he's he's talking about a scenario in which as if he's not effectively saying whatever the fuck is on the first thing that pops to his head on this show, on the Joe Rogan experience. So, if anything, it's more about cancel culture really doesn't exist because if it truly did, Joe Rogan would not feel so emboldened to say the shit that he says. And I'm like, listen, I don't give a, I don't I don't give a fuck about Joe Rogan. He can say these things. Um you know, it's a free country. Con- contrary to what the fuck he's trying to say, it is actually a free country. Just because somebody disagrees with you and someone's going to clap back at you and 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 bring out the receipts saying, "Hey Joe, you're kind of full of shit here." Doesn't mean that woke culture is out to get him or anybody else. Like All, 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 all the all the straight white men I can think of um, that have been canceled. Like the first thing just popped in my head, uh, Harvey Weinstein. Like, yeah, they sh- they should have got that motherfucker out of the paint a long time ago. So every person that he's that he's that he that he's trying to reference here. And the idea of, oh, well, straight white men won't be able to even be able to even breathe. You know, it's like some fake outrage bullshit Um, and got to treat it appropriately. Um, And I I found it ironic. uh, You brought up Chappelle. Um, I happen to enjoy (laughs) some of the Netflix uh, content that he's put together the last uh, two or three years. Um, as do but, many, as do um, many, but he, he also, he also ruffled a few feathers saying that some of his, uh, content was, uh, perhaps either homophobic or transphobic and, um, far be it for me to say that it was or it wasn't. Point is that motherfucking check from Netflix still cleared. So <laughs> you can't, you can't say that woke culture won there because unless you're actually stopping the fucking money. Then you're not actually make you're not actually being canceled. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And just like you mentioned, you know the the deal with that Joe Rogan has with Spotify, you know, obviously a lot of money. I'm sure, I'm sure Joe Rogan knows how to toe the line at least when it comes to stuff he says. Um, and he, I'm sure, I know he goes overboard. I've listened to some of his shows, and it's I found it funny that you mentioned that it's the red uh, you mentioned red meat for Rogan since he hates vegans. So that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> but but nice. uh yeah exactly but um but and also to that point joe rogan obviously has the podcast now but over the course of his career in entertainment as most of you know he uses his voice his, his words his his mouth for you know that's what he does for a living you know also you know him now from the podcast of course he's still commentating for ufc fights as well also um, he was the host of Fear Factor way back in the day, if you recall. 
uh, did that as well. And also he was a comedian, uh, you know, for a part of his uh, career. He, he may still be doing that. I don't know. I don't know how funny he is. Um, I have my doubts about that, but he did it. So again, so not like he doesn't know how to use his words. And I'm sure he can use them carefully if need be. But like you mentioned, he, you know, apparently his podcast gets 11 million listeners per episode. Oh, and by the way, Calpar Bros is almost close to that. So Spotify, you know, hook us up. But um, yeah, so I, I think he definitely, you know, was going overboard, maybe, you know, attempting to be, you know, using some hyperbole when he said that to take a word from Stephen A. Smith. But because I, I don't know, I, he might have been serious, but I, I think in the topic of conversation they were having when it comes to co uh, comedy movies, definitely his comedy in that part, I, I think, probably fell flat and people probably took it the way he was fearing in a way. You know, if you look at some of the articles that talked about it, they would kind of paint it as, you know, he's saying some stuff that's controversial. Maybe not stuff that's going to get him canceled, but it got him attention which that may not have been his specific purpose for saying it, but it worked. And it, it might get him 12 million listens for next next episode. So who knows? But I, I think Joe is going to be fine. Just like Dave Chappelle, same thing. I, I think when you reach a certain level of celebrity, you probably have a good idea of how much rope you have before you actually, you know, you know, hurt yourself, if you know what I mean. Just like Dave Chappelle, I'm sure he knows that he can get away with saying some things. As well, I'm sure Joe Rogan does too. You know, he has a little a little bit of leeway to get away with some things. And like you said, you know, I don't, Joe may not have as much leeway as Dave Chappelle. You know, Dave has a whole history of, of comedy going back to his show and his stand-up before that where people know that, oh, okay, this is how Dave is. He goes over the line a little bit, but he's funny with it. We know it. We're good. Joe doesn't have that much leeway, you know. He has his listeners, of course. Again, he has that deal. I'm sure he, he gets a little bit leeway with that before that's going to be in jeopardy. But at the end of the day, I think Joe is going to be just fine. He doesn't have to worry about not going outside or not talking or nothing like that. Obviously, he's, he's going to keep talking. He has all, all those listeners listening to him just for his podcast, and then people are hearing him with, on interviews with, uh, with the UFC. So he's good. He'll be fine. Like I, like I always say a lot, he just needs to relax, calm down, take a sip of his beer, and he'll be okay. So, yes, yes. Then he has, he has no worries. Um, can you think of an example, Jason, where a celebrity overestimated how, just how much pull they had, how much juice they had, and they ended up in a situation where they were out of a job? Hmm. Um, that's, well, not necessarily out of a job, no. Oh, oh, and by the way, I referenced earlier a politician making reference to mask wearing and the Jewish Holocaust. Uh, that politician was Georgia Rep Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm sure that name sounds familiar to a lot of people. Uh, she's a Georgia representative, as I said. But to answer, answer your question, not necessarily lose a job per se, but so I feel like if you're an actor, you can say some stuff and they may not put you out of a job per se. Like you might not get certain roles that you might've been going for, but you didn't necessarily lose your job for stuff you said. Like uh, most recently, Gina Carano, former MMA fighter, more recently turned actress. Um, I can't remember the exact comments she made, but it was something that actually kind of somewhat similar 
to what Marjorie Taylor Greene said, something in that same fashion when it comes to all the uh, COVID protocols and things like that. And pretty much he came under under fire for that. Now, again, I don't think she was in any kind of prominent roles or any TV shows or movies or anything at the time, but she definitely got put on blast. And I'm sure, as you can imagine, for an actor or an actress, bad publicity is not good when it comes to getting any movie roles or TV roles. And I'm sure in her case, since she never was really a major actress in anything serious recently, I know she starred in some movies that might have not been big major box office you know, hits, but she'd been in some Marvel movies, I know, or one at least in the Deadpool franchise. But other than that, you know, so I, I can't remember anybody off the top of my head. Uh, I may look look into that a little bit when you start uh, giving your opinion, because I'm guessing you have somebody in mind. Um, am I correct in thinking that? You are correct. You, you yeah. know me so well, Jason. Well, don't 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 say that because that depresses me when you say that. I know you so well. Don't don't go there. <laughs> I did, what what I thought of was since we were talking about um, a a a black celebrity who may have overestimated just how much juice they had. I was going to go with Kevin Hart and how he lost that on the Oscars hosting gig. Because once they brought out the receipts for those uh, those tweets, um, and this basically the 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 background for this is basically how Kevin Hart would behave towards his son if he found out he was gay. Um, now, again, I am not going to rehash all of those and whether or not they were homophobic or not. The point is. Kevin Hart didn't know how to fucking read the room and he effectively fucking doubled down on the tweets that had already been documented and then that leads to him being ousted from the Oscar gig he literally went from the fucking frying pan into the fire Question. Okay, now that you mentioned that, I, I did start thinking of other people now that you mentioned it. But with, with Kevin Hart, those tweets that you mentioned, were those things that he said recently or things he said well in the past prior to, to it being exposed and brought to the light again? Um, I mean, let's see here. And, and, it, and it may not matter, but who I was thinking of while you're looking that up is not too long ago, Nick Cannon was fired from Viacom for, you know, supposedly making anti-Semitic remarks um, on his podcast, and I didn't even know he had a podcast. Um, so look at that. We're, we're on the same level as Nick Cannon. We both have a podcast. So, um, but yeah, so there was that, and I know that got him in trouble, I believe, with the, uh, NBC, obviously, with, with that issue. So there's him. Of course, Ro Roseanne Barr, uh, when she made, well, of course, she's known for making wild statements as well. But that got her fired from her own show. You know what I mean? Um, so, so definitely celebrities can go too far. Um, now I can't say that they might have over, over, you know, thought they had more leeway to say some stuff like that. I, I would think Roseanne would know better, given all the stuff she's gone through, going way back to the 90s. Uh, and, and again, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess when you get, become a celebrity, it's kind of hard to you probably don't rank yourself when it comes to, hey, they're more of a celebrity than me. I should have have this, that, or the other. When I, when I think of Nick Cannon, yeah, he's famous, whatnot, but I wouldn't think of him as an, an A-list celebrity or anything. Roseanne, well, Roseanne either, but... 
Well, yeah. there's 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 level to this, Jason. But ultimately, and this is this is definitely a segment for later. But some of these folks have been, you know, put on a pedestal for so long. They probably think, oh, well, since people like me, I can get away with the shit. Which, in a lot of cases, that shit is true. A lot of times, people on social media, they'll get fried depending on whether or not they, they have a, a posse or a hive um, that effectively is co-signing what they're doing or not doing. So, um, the, that, that is definitely a sticky wicket um, if you will, because somebody on Kevin Hart's team had to know that shit was going to go south because he was deleting tweets like a motherfucker. Did you happen to find out when those tweets were actually, like he actually originally created those tweets? Because I'd be curious about that. I mean, obviously... 20, 2011. 2011. Okay, you know what? And I just, you know, and not that, you know, actors are, are you know, the only ones that actually can get stuff like that brought up and, you know, coming to light later. Also, we've seen several athletes as well had that same thing happen, especially ones who come, you know, like in the NFL draft with, with these quarterbacks coming under fire and so much scrutiny when it comes to NFL teams picking a certain quarterback in the draft. We always see every year, almost seems like one quarterback has some type of tweets that come out of nowhere from back in their college or high school days about them doing something stupid or racist or whatever. And it comes to light. So obviously it's not exclusive to actors and actresses and things like that. Act, you know, celebrity or excuse me, athletes aren't, you know, they also get the heat as well, as well as us regular folks. I'm sure politicians, of course, um, unless you're Donald Trump, because it doesn't matter. Um, and, and it sucks that he that to say he's a politician now. That that's horrible. But um, but yeah, it's you know but yeah, I think stuff like that should serve as a lesson because I mentioned Dave Chappelle being a comedian might have more leeway to say certain things, but Kevin Hart's a supposed comedian. So is uh, Roseanne Barr, you know, uh, both comedians, both said things that were, you know, out of pocket. Apparently one again, like I said, lost her own show, Kevin, you know, you messed up a whole situation with hosting the Oscars, which I know is a big deal. You know, so yeah, it's definitely less and, and definitely. So going back to the topic, you know, I think Joe Rogan needs to recognize that it's not has nothing to do with you being a straight white male because Kevin Hart, Roseanne Barr, Nick Cannon, Chappelle, whoever, not well, not so much Chappelle, but the first three I mentioned, none of them are straight white males. So, I mean, Jason, you're 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 assuming that when Joe Rogan says shit like that, that he's actually operating in good faith, which means. Well, you're definitely less pessimistic than I am because when Joe Rogan says shit like that, yeah, he's trying to get these jokes off. But more importantly, he, he knows what the demo is. He knows who his listeners are. <laughs> um, so he's speaking uh, definitely to a certain demo who feel that way. Whether well, it's true or not is fucking irrelevant. We've already proven that it's really not true. I mean... Well, I, I don't want to go into whose listeners are because when you have 11 million an episode, that's that can be any person. It could uh, be any person, but so. I refuse to fucking believe that Spotify hasn't done their research. There's no way in hell they didn't do any sort of research about what um, 
his average listenership was like or what their demographics would be, socioeconomic, gender, uh, race, or otherwise. Um, because, you know, Spotify is a pretty smart business model, and I refuse to believe they would have cut up a fucking check for that much without actually doing their due diligence. Well, so you that's know what? why I'm at on it. Well, you know what? I want some of the information that they got for our podcast because some of that stuff that you just mentioned we don't have for us. So I want to know. I want to know to the to the T who's listening to us, you know, whatnot. But we have a good idea. But I want to know everything. I want to know how much money they make. I want I want to know how much gas they put in the car every, every time. Everything. I want to know it all. So Spotify, let us know. Right. Our average listener <laughs> waits until the gas tank gets to. To low fuel. <laughs> hey, that's important. Hey, that's important. That's important to know because that means you know we need to focus our energy on that. So you know, keep making, keep in mind that our listeners probably you know when gas is low, it's probably like Thursday night before Friday when they get paid. So Thursday night's important. We gotta keep that in mind. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Yeah, it's it is people are going to effectively use woke as a as a pejorative at this point. So. Um, they're they're going to overuse it to the point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. All right. That concludes the Joe Rogan segment. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about another another kerfuffle involving a podcast with uh, the one and only Kwame Brown on Cal Park Bros. Fortunately, fortunately for, for this podcast, we're not woke enough to avoid it. Neither is Joe Rogan. Hey, everybody. This is Jason from the Cal Park Bros. Just wanted to chime in again and just remind you all that we actually can be heard. The Cal Park Bros show can be heard as of right now on 11 different platforms. 11. Can you name them all? I don't know if you can. I know I barely can, but I'm going to go ahead and try. So we can be heard on, of course, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, like Amazon Audible, also Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. So those are the 11 platforms in which we can be heard. So pick your favorite one, whichever one you prefer. Search for Cal Park Bros, and we'll be there. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Cal Park Bros. 
Um, now, now that we've had our fair share of talking about Joe Rogan, we wanted to talk about another podcast superstar, and that man's name is Kwame Brown. And Kwame Brown, no relation, might I add, uh, is uh, he's frankly had it up to here with a select few individuals on All the Smoke. That's another podcast um, that um, has uh, Steven Jackson and also has Matt Barnes. And I believe Gilbert Arenas was there as a as a guest uh a guest host or a guest appearance uh, on All the Smoke. Um, and how this all started, Jason, is that on All the Smoke, the Lakers governor, put some respect on her name, Jeannie Buss, appeared on the podcast last month. Month, And they were discussing the trade that sent Kwame Brown and the draft rights to Marc Gasol to the Grizzlies for, for Paul Gasol. And Jeannie... <laughs> Um, wasn't trying to stir any shit up. She was just trying to explain how the train, uh, the trade involved two players for one. But then, Ste- then Steph, uh, Steph Jackson um, started going in that Marc Gasol was the only player traded for Paul Gasol. So that's how shit uh, kind of came to a head there. Um, and then Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes, they made you know a ton of remarks. Um, about Kwame Brown leading up to a later episode where Gilbert Arenas um, making an appearance. And that then involves Kwame Brown literally losing his shit on the interwebs and just going in on YouTube, uh, basically talking about his time as a player. So um, what have you heard about this and what are your thoughts on that? So I did also listen to a good portion, at least of that YouTube, uh, from what I think might have been the first YouTube uh, video he made right after, you know, he got had enough and got tired of it, which that video was like an hour plus. Um, just for a little background, for those of you who don't know the name Kwame Brown, uh, if you don't follow basketball or, or NBA or whatnot. So essentially Kwame Brown was in the 2001 draft and he was actually NBA draft, and he was drafted overall number one. And a couple of things about that. So Kwame was drafted right out of high school. So he, he didn't go to college at all, finished high school, drafted right to the NBA. And so this is this was done before the NBA changed their, you know, draft eligibility rules in 2005 or 2006. Um, so basically Kwame Brown is one of three people to who actually was drafted overall number one coming out of high school. Quick trivia question, Terrence, who are the other two? Do you know? They came directly out of high school? And, and drafted overall number one in the NBA draft, correct. Shit, I should know that. Um, one of them is pretty easy if you think about it. Oh, well, it's got to be LeBron. That's one. Who's the other? Um, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett was drafted out of high school, but he was not number one. Okay. Uh, Moses Malone. Also, Moses Malone was the first player ever drafted out of high school back in 1975, but he was not number one overall. Okay. What's the answer? I'm going to give you one more guess. I'm going to give you one more. I'll give you three guesses. No, I'm good. You you could just tell me. Okay. Well, a little bit of history. Like I said, Moses Malone was drafted number one overall 
uh, not number one overall, but drafted out of high school back in 1975, along with one other player that same year as well. But there wasn't another player drafted out of high school again until 1995, which was, again, uh, the Kevin Garnett year. But the answer to that trivia question is name of a player who drafted in the 2004 NBA draft by the Orlando Magic, Dwight Howard. Yes, Dwight Howard is that third person drafted number one overall out of high school in the NBA draft. And so I bring that up. Yeah, it was fun for me to bring that up. But then also it kind of adds a little bit of point that I was going to make when it comes to the magnitude of anyone being drafted number one overall, whether you're coming out of high school or not. So with LeBron and Dwight Howard, those two guys are going to be Hall of Famers in the NBA uh, and Basketball Hall of Fame whenever they retire five years later and so forth. So that's the importance of being drafted number one overall. Um, is that, you know, you're expected to have a great career. They're picking you over everybody else that draft eligible. That team, whoever's drafting that number one is picking you first. So that was kind of what was put on Kwame Brown that year. Okay. So once he got going into his career within a few years, he was already being talked about as a possible bust. And when people say bust, they mean people who are have high expectations going into the league after the draft, but, you know, they don't have, they don't meet their expectations or come anywhere close to it. Some would say they failed miserably. Okay. And with that, keep it said, keep in mind that, um, uh, Dwight, uh, Kwame Brown retired from basketball after the 2012, 2013 NBA season. Okay. So almost getting close to 10 years since he's been out of the league almost. But again, going back to during his career and up to then, Kwame Brown is always, almost always talked about as one of the biggest, if not the biggest bust in the NBA history and one of the biggest busts in sports history. Okay. So you can imagine if you're that individual, in this case, Kwame Brown, and for the last 20 years, you've been, that's all you've been hearing is that you're a bust, you're a bust, you're a bust. At a certain point internally, you probably say, I'm, I really get tired of hearing that, you know? And then when he hears, you know, people that he considered his peers at the time, fellow basketball players in the NBA, also including ex-teammates when it comes to Steven Jackson and uh, Gilbert Arenas. I'm sure that probably pushed him over the edge and what, you know, caused him to jump on the uh, YouTube and social media to make a response. And I'll admit the part I heard on YouTube was hilarious when it comes to how he was going back at, you know, Jackson, Barnes, and Arenas. Um, he, you know, now, granted, he got a little personal with it when it comes to not necessarily stuff they did on the court, but more so. He he he, yeah. he he made it a little personal. Well, 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 well. When I say that, you know, that granted, I didn't hear fully everything that Jackson and Barnes initially said when it comes to basketball or Gilbert Arenas. I, under my impression, it was mostly about him being a bust at basketball, nothing else. But with Kwame Brown going back at him again, I'm not saying that he was wrong for this, but what I'm saying is that when it comes to Gilbert Arenas. He was talking about his uh, lack of maturity or his immaturity when it comes to the whole gun issues, having his 20-man policy, those nothing but doing nothing but getting arrested every other day, talking about Matt Barnes and his complex being a light-skinned black man trying to fit in with, with the black community, and also bringing up the issue that Matt Barnes had with his now ex-wife uh, dating another fellow player, <laughs> Derek Fisher. He brought that up too, which, you know, and then, I'll, then obviously going at Stephen Jackson when it comes to uh, – he kept calling uh, Stephen Jackson a BLM dude. Um, 
which I can't comment on that because I never heard Stephen Jackson make reference to that. But um, so Kwame definitely not saying he didn't talk about anything when it comes to basketball, but he brought up a lot of that stuff off the court stuff, you know, which, again, I, I, I get it. You know, again, if somebody was saying negative stuff about me, not just somebody, but basically an entire community of people, fans, players or whatnot, were calling me a bust or saying negative things about me for 20 years, then I probably want to snap back at somebody, too. So I can't blame them. Those are my initial thoughts. I got other stuff to say, but I want to hear what you think about it. Jason, do you remember the episode we talked about trash talking in sports? I can't forget it. I thought of you when when Kwame Brown was going at these dudes because it was like, okay, did did Kwame Brown underachieve as a professional basketball player in the NBA? Absolutely, by any objective any ob- objective metric, yes, he underachieved as a number one draft pick. That being said, you're not going to be constantly fucking talking about me. On, 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 on your, 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 your podcast or your, um, your TV deal. Um, and it seemed like Kwame had definitely had, uh, some smoke for certain individuals because he was fed up. Um, and I think part of that, I think part of that resonates with me because it's like, yeah, did he underachieve? Like, I I don't even want to get into, him trying to say, oh, well, I was, you know, I can never get the ball because Gilbert already always had the ball and shot, you know, 45 times a game or any of that shit. And none of that really, really matters that much to me. It, it's funny, but it doesn't really matter to me. What I'm talking about is that how men respond when they feel disrespected. And Kwame obviously feels like he's been disrespected. Um and he had the time that day <laughs> and several days after um, because he felt like, hey, y'all, y'all, y'all are going in on me. And I feel like when, when you decide, you know, when you decide to go at people like this, and I'm talking about how, uh, how uh, Stephen Jackson, Stephen Jackson, uh, Matt Barnes and Gilbert Arenas, you know, when when you decide to kind of paint somebody a certain way, you know, those 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 actions have consequences, and you know, I don't think I don't think we we've reached Tupac or or Biggie levels just yet. So that's why I think it's still funny. But uh, yeah, I I am very much on the uh, on the side of someone saying, listen. It's one thing to have an opinion about him underachieving as a player, but I t- totally feels like this shit has gotten this shit has been personal for a while, and now things have just kind of come to a head. And yeah, I'm I, I I'm a big believer in listen, those in glass houses should not throw stones. Period. Yeah, I mean exactly. So you mentioned how people react when they get disrespected. And just like you mentioned, I did kind of refer to that in our trash talking uh, segment we did a few shows ago that if somebody feels disrespected on you know, on the court, what's going to happen? Obviously, they're right in front of each other in proximity, so it's more apt to being 
a physical interaction, altercation, so forth and so forth. Now, of course, this is over a podcast, so I think that there's not going to be none of that. So, um, and I feel like, you know, again, I, I don't know if Kwame's made any type of other public responses to anybody or just the general public when it comes to, again, for two decades, him being called a bust all the time. He probably didn't because, like you said, he had a very underwhelming career, whether he was drafted number one all, overall or not, and he can't argue with that. When when it comes to being a basketball, when it comes to basketball and basketball only, on the court, he was a total bust completely. Nobody can argue that. I I, I don't think he could and will, which is why we probably haven't heard from him much in these last two decades. But like you were saying, what probably took him over the edge is like I was saying before, those three individuals who were peers, including me and teammates, and, and additionally probably came from the same general situation that he did growing up when it comes to, you know, being a young kid, probably not, maybe not living in the best environment. At least I know Kwame didn't. Um, and growing up with one goal, which was, again, reaching the NBA. So stuff like that is why I re definitely recognize him as, as not being a failure, even though he's a bust, not a failure. And I'll go more on that in a second. I, I like the distinction you put there because – you know, and I even said, you know, objectively, and we talk within the lens of basketball, yes, he did underachieve. But I also feel like there's this thing in sports where, like, like Kwame Brown, the human, <laughs> obviously has more um, um, layers to him than just a game of basketball. And I would say that's a very good thing for most people. Uh, not just Kwame Brown. Um, so, yeah. Well, and so just a few points when it comes to, again, in general, why he's, where he's not a failure. Number one, like I was going into, he, as a child, I'm sure, like any other aspiring athlete who makes it to their league, they aspire to make it to the NBA. Check mark. He did that. Kwame Brown, even though it was, it was underwhelming, he had a 13-season NBA career, 13 seasons. And uh, according to all the sports you know, information websites I, I found, including NBA.com, the average NBA career is only four and a half years. We'll, we'll go around, uh, round it up and say five. So with that being said, Kwame lasted in the league eight seasons longer than the average NBA person. Check mark. In that 13 seasons, uh, according to spot track, he earned over $60 million, six zero. I don't care what career you're in. If you're in that career for 13 years, you make $60 million. Check mark, not a failure. And he mentioned in that video I watched that one of his goals, go, you know, one of his goals was he wanted to buy his mama a house. Like what, granted, a lot of athletes have that goal. But he said he was able to do that at 18 years old. That's probably the biggest check mark of all right there. At 18 years old, he set off on he, he achieved a goal to help out his mama with, with a house. Did that at 18. And I'm sure she still has a house right, you know, right now. And he's well over 30. So by no means is he a failure in life or a failure at basketball. He's a bust at basketball. There's a huge difference, like you said, a big difference. Because there have been other busts in other sports who I would say definitely are failures in life in general, but that's not Kwame Brown based off 
just that set of information. Not to say he's a perfect human being or great human being or whatever. Don't know. Doesn't matter for this for this discussion. So busted basketball, not a failure in life for basketball because it's two different things, two different topics. And and yeah, and, and a matter of fact, there's been some there has been some support for Kwame Brown amongst his peers as well. Jalen Rose uh, recently made uh, like a minute, two minute long video about the whole thing, saying that he's not a failure. You know, because, again, he made it to the league, like the goal, you know, he was there, stuff like that. And even and I didn't hear specifically what he said as far as actually hearing the audio, but apparently Charlemagne the God, again, another podcast host, uh, apparently grew up in the same area or same circle as Kwame Brown. And apparently a lot of stuff that Char- Charlemagne was saying was actually personal. It was about Kwame's family upbringing, stuff like that. And Charlemagne actually issued an apology that I did see uh, on the Breakfast Club show that they that he has with two other people. And I guess the show has like a segment, or at least he does, called The Donkey of the Day. And for that apology, he made himself the donkey of the day. So I think people can recognize when they overstepped, you know, occasionally in this regard with Kwame. Uh, also, you know, people will back up Kwame when the fact that, again, he's not a failure, you know. But, but it's just when it comes to basketball, unfortunately, and you can put whatever factor on it you can when it comes to playing with Jordan, playing with arenas, being drafted over one by mistake, you know, whatever, or his hands are too small, whatever. But, you know, he's not a failure, and I, and I will say that. Yeah, I think if, if, if nothing else, <laughs> and – you, th- you think about, you know, some of these stories we hear, you know, the, the, Kwame, the Kwame Brown experience. Um, and you think about other sports scenarios like Allen Iverson. Um, I, Allen Iverson's quote, we, we're talking about practice. And then it, the, the, the quote or the experience takes a life of its own. And then years later, it's like, oh, well, this was taken totally out of context. You know, Alan Iverson was talking about, you know, a, a friend of his that, that had died. Um, and it makes you think, oh, wow, is what we are being presented, is that 100% what happened? Or is someone wanting us to feel a certain way towards some of these individuals? And, you know... <laughs> Well, some of, there were some really, really funny things in the back and forth between um, uh, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes and Gilbert Arenas. Um, I do hope that these motherfuckers chill um, because I don't think it's a good look for anybody for those people to be constantly going to war with one another. So, well, it's, it's like you're saying though, you know, with with uh, Joe Rogan, you know. It's, it's, it's you know your listeners, you know your base, you know it's entertaining. So if because I have to imagine that a lot of the listeners for All in Smoke are probably on some level NBA fans, right? And I'm sure they they love the entertainment of seeing these NBA players going to war verbally with this NBA player, you know, stuff like that. So uh, again, I agree with you. I, I mean, I guess if it if it stays on on the podcast airwaves and it stays about basketball, nothing personal, like bringing up people's families and stuff like that. But I, I guess that's already been crossed with, you know, with what Kwame Brown brought up, but that's not, that, but that's public news anyway. So it's not like he's bringing up anything new. Um, so, but, but the point is, I guess if it stays all on the podcast and I guess it's not really, you know, 
a bad thing. But as long as it doesn't go any further than that, like you said, like you mentioned, as long as it doesn't get too Biggie Tupac level, uh, which I would assume it wouldn't, but as long as it doesn't go there, then, you know, hey, hopefully everything will stay okay. Here, here. All right. Well, that's uh, all we've got to say regarding the Kwame Brown and all the smoke experience. Coming up next, we're going to talk about low TV ratings on Cal Park Bros. Maybe she was having a bad day. I don't know. Doesn't matter. She was, having, to... she was having a Tuesday. That's what she was having. Well, apparently it wasn't Taco Tuesday because she wasn't very happy. So. <laughs> Segment three about to kick off, baby. One more time, baby. One more again, son. Welcome back to Cal Park Bros. Jason and I uh, wanted to talk about low TV ratings. Um, Jason, I know you were bringing up the fact that SNL's uh, season finale had some rather less than stellar uh, stats. Uh, what do you got on that? Yeah, so I, I you know, was sc- scrolling through the news feeds the other day, uh, last week and everything, kind of looking for things we could maybe talk about. And I saw this, and it made me think that uh, I don't think it's really news to anybody. I think people that watch the show regularly from the people I talk to that do, that their ratings aren't all that great when it gets when it's compared to the what's considered the glory days of Saturday Night Live, whether you're talking about, you know, the Adam Sandler, Chris Farley days, or even before that, when it comes to like the original days of like Eddie Murphy, Piscopo, Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, stuff like that. Um, and granted, I'll admit that I don't watch SNL regularly. I follow them on YouTube to see if they have any funny clips that might be of interest to me. And things like that, um, which is actually going to go into a point uh, I'm going to bring up later. I'm sure we're both going to talk about. But I think everyone would agree. And even when I when I do watch, and again, I've watched the show SNL far as you know, again, way back in the '80s days, the '90s, again. And I know the laughs that the audience would you know provide whenever there was actually something funny. It would be a good laugh, you know. When I watch the the these days, the 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 in audience laughing, it's not as loud, not as long. Yeah, it's, you can just tell it's definitely a different show. Now, not to say that the people on the show aren't funny. Uh, they have definitely have some good, you know, funny people that are going to go on the bigger and better things uh, after they do leave SNL. 
which and apparently this you know season finale for this year might be the last episode for I think four of their big stars, including um, uh, uh, I, I, I drawn a, a blank on her name, uh, Kate McKinnon uh, and uh, Keenan Thompson. Um, so, but I'm also thinking as well that yeah, the ratings may be low, but is that only a product of them not being as funny? Or is it more of a product of the era we live in today when it comes to how people are watching TV? You know, because when it comes to watching things live, I, I have a feeling that people don't really watch anything live anymore other than live sports or live news. So, like I mentioned, I get my when I do watch Saturday Night Live, it's when they post clips to their YouTube page. I just kind of skim through what's posted and see if there's anything interesting based on the title or the thumbnail. They're like, oh, let me check this out. And that's how I watch it. And that's not counting towards the Nielsen ratings. So, and I have to imagine that most people are watching it like that, either through clips online or streaming it somewhere on, you know, whatever app they're using. I guess for Saturday Night Live would be the Peacock app. But... But yeah, so I just kind of feel like we're in that changing time. So having those low ratings for things doesn't really matter as much. Um, kind of, and also too, I feel like that's the same for movies that come out. That, especially now that we're going to be exiting the COVID era soon, I feel like n movie numbers aren't always what they should be anyway. Especially now that HBO Max is having a lot of the big time movies released on there, in addition to being in a the theater. Like I know last Christmas, back when the second Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman movie came out, that was kind of that first big movie that had the option of either on HBO Max or in a theater. Now, obviously back in Christmas time, I had no interest in going to a theater for multiple reasons, but why would I? Is I can watch the movie right here on HBO Max, I'm going to do that. Same thing with other movies before, uh, King Kong and Godzilla, HBO Max. Not that it was a huge blockbuster, but Tom and Jerry, HBO Max. Uh, whenever the new Space Jam comes out later this year, guess what? It's going to be on HBO Max. So so even with movie numbers, as far as in the theaters, I think even that's going to be dumbed down. And I don't know if it's going to be or not, but Fast and Furious 9 was actually released internationally this past uh, weekend or so and got huge numbers. You know, definitely they're loving it in those other countries. I know especially China, apparently, and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars there. And it's going to be released here in this country, I think, in June or July. I'm sure the numbers in the theaters will be big, but if it's going to be offered some other way, I think people will watch it that way, whether it be HBO Max or, or even just wait until it comes you know, on their own uh, TV channels, HBO, Showtime, whatever, or if it's going to be on Prime Video, whatever it may be. You know, Me personally, I, I and I th I'm sure I know you're the same way, I've lost interest in the Fast and Furious franchise. I uh, felt like after Tokyo Drift went downhill – Four, five, and six might have been okay, entertainment-wise, but six, seven, eight, nine, after whole, after Paul Walker, that was the time to let it go. But why would they stop? They're making money, so why would they stop? But anyway, uh, staying on point, I guess, I'll try to do. Um, yeah, I, I just think low ratings and low movie numbers really don't matter anymore these days. Uh, not to say they don't matter, I'm sure it's important for the bottom line, but if people are still watching either way, does it really matter? I mean, Jason. My thing is, when 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 you first brought up the 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 SNL ratings, my first thought was, well, to your point, yeah, 
if people are watching this in a different medium that is maybe not um, as traditional as, you know, let's say, hey, I'm literally going to be on at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever, to watch the show. But I record it and I decide, oh, well, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. You know, we're very much an on-demand culture where it's like, hey, maybe that time doesn't work out for me. I still like something. But for my schedule, it works out better for me to check it out the day after. We see that with a lot of people. I mean, hell, um, look, look, look at ESPN. You know, you know the, 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 the Disney empire made a, a fortune off of making bite-sized experiences. You know, baseball season. I may not have three, three and a half, four hours to spare to watch a game because, you know, I've got shit to do and I've got kids and I've got a wife and I've got, you know, things to take care of, you know, from, from, my, from, my, from my livelihood. Um, for my home, but I still enjoy the sport, and the sport needs to catch up to where I'm at instead of say, expecting me to constantly configure to what they're doing. And it seems that you know Nielsen is probably one of the weird ways in which we really haven't come up. I remember when like TiVo first came out, and people were wondering, oh, what is that going to do for uh, number one commercials, you know, ad revenue. Um, you know, we as a society have absolutely changed the way we watch uh, television. Um, so in a weird way, it's kind of unfair to compare uh, compare decades, if you will. You, you know, it's really unfair uh, to any current cast member of SNL and ratings or any of that shit when... Um, you know, when in the heyday of Ackroyd and Belushi and Murphy and Rock, um, and and Myers and Garvey, and the list goes on, they didn't have to deal with that shit. Like, and I also feel like a lot of times people just love bringing up shit like ratings to bring up something they already want to undermine, like. Prime example, NBA All-Star Weekend. Every fucking year, check out Facebook. Check out Twitter. Everybody's talking shit about, oh, my God, they need to throw away three-point contests. They need to throw away slam dunk contest. We're just fucking hate-watching it. We can't get enough of it. We keep coming back every year. It's like the Fast and the Furious franchise. Well... So a couple of things there. Um, when it comes, to, I think when it comes to the dunk contest with the NBA, I definitely am on the total side, and probably always will be. That it's, I'm not gonna go as far as say they just need to cancel it, but it's definitely not what it is. I think people still watch it, obviously, hoping to see that one dunk, that one person bring out something they'd never seen before, and I think that's why people still watch it, hoping that it's good. I haven't watched the dunk contest probably in a long while because what and because one, I just know there's not gonna be that interesting. And two, if there is that huge dunk moment, guess what? Because we are not that not that this wasn't the case before, but now we have all sorts of ways to see that information. If it's not ESPN.com, if it's not on Facebook, or if it's not on social media, 
you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, where so many other ways to see it and, and find out that it happened, you know, but, you know, between you and between you and I on our Facebook page, we have about over two, three, uh, two or three thousand friends. So between all of them, somebody's going to post about it. Somebody's going to share a video about it. So we're going to see it happened without having to watch it live. And that's going to go into my other point is that I mentioned that people are watching live news and live sports these days. But kind of what you just indicated when it comes to, to baseball, I think people are also going to start moving away from watching sports live, too. Because even myself, and I know my dad is the same way. My 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 dad, uh, definitely a big NBA fan and other sports too. But he always watches. He always DVR certain games on the schedule. Like if he goes into the schedule and sees, oh, I see that game there. Let me put that on the DVR. And make sure I watch that later. You know, and that, that could be the same thing for Bulls games too. Uh, and I know for myself as well. Everyone knows me. Knows I'm a huge sports fan as well. But due to some circumstances out of my control and also ones in my control really at this point in my life, the only live sports I watch on a regular basis now are, you know, the NFL when it's in season, cause I can see the bears here in Indianapolis cause they're usually on Fox or CBS or something. Um, and then, all, and then WWE. So other than that, and it, I, I don't watch, you know, watch a whole lot of live sports. And even with w, uh, WWE, I don't watch everything they have live either. You know, I, obviously, I used to be – I still am a White Sox fan, excuse me. I used to be able to see their games on one certain streaming, you know, medium, which I don't have anymore. And same thing with the uh, Pacers here locally. Can't see them anymore due to their cable deals and stuff like that. So so take those stuff away. And I think that maybe kind of lure – you know, lessens my interest to watch stuff live in general, including sports, because I either DVR stuff or I just check out the highlights, you know, watch the game later on online somehow. So, so I'm kind of wondering too, I, and I can't be my, me and my dad and you can't be the only people kind of that same way watching stuff later. So I'm kind of wondering if even a society, we're moving away from watching live sports, unless you're there in person and where that way live news is the only thing people are watching live. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe with 24 hour news, maybe that's always gonna be the case. People are gonna be watching it live because it's always there and available. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, and maybe the day may come where nobody's watching live news either, you know? Um, and I think this is the time, to, you know, with everyone always saying that that 24 hour news is, you know, a waste of time and it's BS and whatnot. So you start moving away from that, lot, that you know, national news like that, that 24 hour news channels, move away from that. Are you, are you even gonna be watching the news on your own local channels as well? So we may get to a point where no one's watching anything live. And I, I wouldn't shock if that happened during my lifetime. But, but yeah, think about that. What, what do you think about that? Where, or, or uh, entertainment world when no one's watching anything live on TV anymore? I'm sure that I'm sure that makes network executives go nuts. But that could be where we're going. Here's what here's what I think is the long term strategy for that. Instead of trying to fixate on whether or not I'm tuning in live, figure out a way to cater to when I do want to engage with your content. I mean, it's no different than, and, and the, 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 the national 24 hour news cycle, that's a different animal altogether. I'm talking more about, okay, your local CBS, your NBC, your, your ABC news, Fox, what have you. 
um, probably has some sort of app that talks about local stories that matter to you. And maybe it's harder um, for you for you to, you know, get up at, let's say, six o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever, to to check out when the next, you know, segment they're going to they're going to air for that. But in the era of the Internet. I can engage with that on my terms, assuming I actually want to know those things about, about my local community. So I don't think it's so much of, oh, well, they're not watching live. The point is not whether or not they're watching live. The point is X amount of hours in a day that my black ass is up. And when I got a phone in my hand or a tablet or a Chromebook, am I actually going to your digital hub, your digital destination and engaging in your content? That is that is the new um medium really to use your term because yeah you know live tv you know as as soon as the dvr was created live tv was was forever changed you know i mean i'm actually searching for articles right now to kind of see how networks are actually tracking who's watching what when it comes to streaming and things like that I had not really able to find solid information, but I'll have to think that when it comes to, we'll say ABC, I have to imagine they can pretty well track who's watching, you know, episodes of Blackish on their ABC app. You know, same thing for all these other networks, whether it be Fox, you know, NBC or Peacock, I guess I should say now, CW, whatever. I'm sure they can track those very easily without any issues, I would think. But I, I guess. I guess the question is, how do they know who, how do they get informed of who's watching their shows through other mediums? You know, which I don't know. And they may not care. As long as they're getting people to watch live and watch them through their app, they may not care. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I'd be very curious to know if, well, again, do they have those numbers? Do they have that information? Why don't they really fully share it yet? If they do, and if they don't, why don't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, I just happened to hit hit the Google real quick, and Nielsen literally until October fifteenth, uh, twenty ten. That's when they announced that that was the first time they were actually going to start uh, doing uh, inventory for uh, YouTube and YouTube TV. So they are tracking it, but only on YouTube TV and stuff like that, and that's it. Well, this is just the announcement, of course, for that particular medium. We're talking YouTube streaming uh, TV and and YouTube at the app itself. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so that, yeah, so great. That, well, that's great. So if Nielsen can do that for YouTube TV, then I'm sure they can do that for Hulu and Sling and, and whatever cable TV streaming service there is out there. So that's good. That's good. So, so, then, so then low ratings really doesn't matter. But then I also do wonder... When they say low ratings, are they including everything, watching it live, streaming services, stuff like that? Because if that's the case, then, then maybe that is more telling about a show if they still have low ratings. And despite all those methods that someone can watch them, they're still getting low ratings. So um, that, that, could be even, that, that can be even more reason why shows don't last very long. You know, hey, hey, if nobody's watching even 
out of convenience of watching it, you know, either streaming or later, people still aren't watching. And, you know, so, you know, I mean, overall, obviously long standing shows are going to be fine. They're not going to hurt. Saturday Night Live probably is not going to be getting canceled after this season or tomorrow or anything like that. So people don't have to worry about that. But, but yeah, definitely people are watching in different ways these days. If they're watching it at all, of course, um, like I said, a few times, People watching things live, the day, I think those days are kind of almost becoming not important. And, and as I look at some numbers that I, I saw, which makes sense, um, essentially what I was seeing is that who's watching TV, it's essentially, as you can guess, rather as far as hours of watching TV, it's the younger generation, you know, and as you get older, you watch more and more TV as opposed to when you're younger. So... But I would also wonder, as the people in that kind of current older generation, as they you know go move on when it comes to you know the next you know realm of you know you know what I mean. So I wonder as we get to this younger generation and they get older, are they still going to be watching quote unquote less TV and and doing you know watching getting or get, rather I should say getting their entertainment from other venues, you know, because they're already used to not watching a whole lot of TV watching TV in a different way. So that may change going, going as we go forward in, uh, in, in life and years here. So, so it'd be very curious, you know, obviously, you know, we know people who are, you know, well, you know, a generation younger than us. So it'd be very interesting to see, you know, 50 years from now, how they you know, watching TV, how much say they watching or they watching TV at all, you know, cause by, you know, 50 years, they could have some other new invention that, you know, that makes watching TV obsolete. I mean, we already see so many different inventions now. So, um should be interesting man yeah yeah 50 years from now there'll be a new version of the idiot box uh isn't that what they call you no they call me the idiot idiot cube oh yeah i guess you're more of a cube now not really a, a square well i mean you're still a square but hey man you better watch it before i go kwame brown on you when you say go kwame brown you mean sitting in your room smoking hookah while you're Going off on a rant on YouTube? Nah, I'd I'd probably do it sans hookah and sans YouTube. I'd probably just drive to Indy. Well, oh well, yeah, man. I was gonna say a good thing you don't, you don't know where I live, but unfortunately you do. So I do, I do. Yeah. I would yeah. drive to I would drive to Indy, and I would say, Jason, you and I are gonna have to engage in mutual combat. Well, as long as you say mutual combat, not mortal combat. I think we're good because I don't have to be subjected to horrible TVs and video games, TV shows and video games. So, so yeah, but, but if you, if you listen to a previous episode, you know, my opinion on that. So go back and listen. All right. That concludes our TV rating segment. Uh, we will close the show with our final thoughts on episode six of Cal Park bros. Thank you, folks. That concludes the show, uh, episode six of Cal Park Bros. 
just some final thoughts he wanted to sh- uh, share with you, Jason. Uh, what are some final thoughts you have for the for the people? You know, one thing I wanted to start doing, Terrence, is kind of when we do our final thoughts, kind of do a quick touch on some of the stuff we didn't talk about, even though we may talk about it later. But a couple of things. Um, I'm not going to go deep into this. going to keep it quick. But LeBron James uh, supposedly might have broken health and safety protocols. Uh, just going to say real quick that if he actually did break the protocols, then he should definitely be uh, suspended. Shouldn't be any changes because he's the huge superstar that he is. So throw it out there as well. Uh, Monday night, the White Sox played the Cardinals in Chicago, and there was a fan, a couple of women fighting in the stands that um, made some news outlets as well. And I just want to throw out there, people, I mean, I love the White Sox, love the team, whatnot, um, but still not going to go ahead and condone fighting in the stands. I mean, I'm not sure what they were fighting about. may not really matter, but definitely go to the ballpark, have fun, but don't be engaged in that, that type of stuff. I mean, obviously everybody gets you know riled up and whatnot, just walk away, let it go. It's not worth it to be getting into a fight at, the, at a sporting event. Let it go. Um, and lastly, when it comes to that stuff, I uh, just want to acknowledge that it's been a year or so since the death of, or excuse me, the murder, uh, if you will, of George Floyd. Um, not going to go deep into that. Just, you know, definitely with that, it uh, could be a good time to think about, you know, individually, you know, the things that happened in the country since that happened and what did that event actually do to affect the country in a positive and negative way. Um, I think many people would, would believe that despite that negative action happening, it might have um, turned out to be for the positive when it comes to how it brought people together. Uh, but when it comes to the actual show, man, just come some of the points. Definitely, as always, want to say thank you to everyone that listened to the first five episodes. Uh, even if it was just one episode, we thank you for that. Uh, but again, if you only listen to one, what are you waiting for, man? We got five episodes right now. This is going to be number six. If you only listen to one of them, by the end of this week, I want you to listen to all six episodes of Cal Park Bros. You got time. Don't act like you don't. Um, but yeah, but just, uh, as I always want to point out, uh, make sure that you, uh, by now you got to be aware that we have social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Cal Park Bros. Search that on one of those pages. You'll find us. We do have the email address, of course, calpartbros at gmail.com. That's where you can submit any feedback, um, no matter what it is, any comments, questions, concerns. Also submit any topic ideas you might have to that email address. Uh, also, you can actually send us a voice message that might be played on the show. And if you listen to episode five and three, you might have heard some examples of that. So if you think you want to do something like that or do something better or make it your own, feel free to send us a message to do that. If you go to our Facebook page, it's going to be a pinned post at the top of the page uh, to where you can see the link to do that. Also on Instagram, there's a post that was made on May the 11th uh, to where you'll be able to see that link as well. Make sure you do that. Uh, and then lastly, um, I will, of course, you know, say that we do notice, as we mentioned earlier, some stats when it comes to who's listening. Um, it's been very interesting to see that stuff. But the main point is we definitely know you're listening. And once again, thank you for doing so continue to do so, but make sure that if you like us, that you tell a friend. Make sure they listen to us too, because if you enjoy it and they're friends with you, they're probably going to enjoy it too. But speaking of sharing, as always, I'm going to throw the line out again. Make sure you like us, love us, follow us, and share us, because if you like us, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Amen, brother. Yeah. Uh, My only final thought is, uh, yeah, that whole LeBron thing is a non-starter. There's no way in hell they're going to suspend LeBron James, even if he did violate protocol. This is yet another one of those things 
someone would have to explain to me, okay, what, what legit protocol did he actually break? <laughs> um, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for guys like LeBron, the NBA would not have had been able to actually complete their season uh, in the bubble uh, last year. Uh, and also somehow keep uh, this season on track. So, you know, barring him murdering somebody, his ass was going to suit up. <laughs> A happy Memorial Day in advance. Um, and, you know, spend time with your family if you're fortunate enough to be off. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, thank you to anyone that's listened to the show. Um, Jason and I were talking about, you know, what's been our best show so far. And frankly, that varies because when we record this bad boy, I feel like, oh my God, this sounds horrible. And then when we actually get into post-production and then Jason does this thing with editing uh, and fine tuning, I think, oh my God, this actually sounds like something that I would listen to if I were a fan of the podcast. So Terrence, you are a fan of the podcast, sir. You are a fan. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, if nobody else is a fan, we are definitely fans, Jason. So um, I just want to give a shout out to you, Jason, man, because you've been busting your ass, um, you know, putting, you know, fine touches on this. And I just want to give you kudos, man, because um, this would not be possible without you. Um, and yeah, if you haven't listened to an episode yet, start somewhere. You ain't got to do all six. I'm, 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 a, I'm way easier on people than Jason is. Um, but yeah, start, start, start with one, you know, um, because you can kind of see the progression of, you know, we tell you why we wanted to start to do the podcast and then we kind of tinker a little bit with what, okay, what do we think is interesting this week? Because not only are we trying to, you know, give our opinions on stuff, it also forces us to say, oh, I may need to actually inform myself and do a little bit of research before I come to the table ready to ready to you know espouse certain views on things um and this week was no different man because a lot of shit went down um and we're forced to kind of evaluate <laughs> what we're presented and evaluate if that's actually legit or if it requires further scrutiny so again thank you everyone for listening um again cal park bros on the socials facebook twitter instagram uh and gmail and thank you and good night peace out y'all And there it is, buddy. Episode six right there. Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And if you like us, why wouldn't you?